Hello, everyone. It's Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. Yes, America's number one Newton, Kansas Bible reading, Newton, Kansas based Bible reading podcast for two years in a row. Yes. Going on three. Yes, that's correct, Eric. And today we are on day 268. We're going to read the Song of Songs, uh, chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. Should be some sultry reading today. So light a candle, spread yeah. some rose petals. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yep. So here comes Chip and Eric. All right, we're going to grow up. <clears throat> oh, do this. We're going to try to? Yeah, we're going to be extremely mature. Oh, okay, Eric. Yes. Let's do it. Do you know why it's called Song of Songs? I'll, I'll tell you why. should know I why, can tell you why. Well, I me. just learned. So, oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. I won't judge you. Um, it's because, so Solomon wrote like, over a thousand songs. Oh. And this was his favorite one. So in okay. Hebrew, when you say two words twice, like good, good, that means very oh. good. So the song of songs. Yes. It says it right here in verse one, where I'll start. This is Solomon's song of songs, more wonderful oh. than any other. That's it. Kiss me and kiss me again, for your love is sweeter than wine. How pleasing is your fragrance. Your name is like the spreading fragrance of scented oils. No wonder all the young women love you. Take me with you. Come, let's run. The king has brought me into his bedroom. How happy we are for you, O king. We praise your love even more than wine. How right they are to adore you. I am dark but beautiful, O women of Jerusalem, dark as the tents of Kedar, dark as the curtains of Solomon's tents. Don't stare at me because I'm dark. Mm. The sun has darkened my skin. My brothers were angry with me. They forced me to care for their vineyards, so I couldn't care for myself, my own vineyard. Tell me, my love, where are you leading your flock today? Where will you rest your sheep at noon? For why should I wander like a prostitute among your friends and their flocks? If you don't know, O oh, most beautiful woman, follow the trail of my flock and graze your young goats by the shepherd's tents. You are as exciting, my darling, as a mare among Pharaoh's stallions. How lovely are your cheeks, your earrings set them afire. How lovely is your neck enhanced by a string of jewels. We will make for you earrings of gold and beads of silver. The king is lying on his couch, enchanted by the fragrance of my perfume. My lover is like a sachet of myrrh lying between my breasts. He is like a bouquet of sweet henna blossoms from the vineyards of Engedi. How beautiful are you, my darling. How beautiful. Your eyes are like doves. You are so handsome, my love, pleasing beyond words. The soft grass is our bed. Fragrant cedar branches are the beams of our house, and pleasant smelling firs are the rafters. I am playing. I playing. <laughs> I, I am the spring crocus blooming on Sharon. Of all the things for us to laugh at, that's the silliest one. Okay. I am the spring crocus blooming on the Sharon Plain, the lily of the valley. Like a lily among thistles is my darling among you or among young women. Like the finest apple tree in the orchard is my lover among other young men. I sit in his delightful shade and taste his delicious fruit. He escorts me to the banquet hall. It's obvious how much he loves me. Strengthen me with raisin cakes. Refresh me with apples, for I am weak with love. His left arm is under my head. His right arm embraces me. Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and wild deer, not to awaken love until the time is right. Ah, I hear my lover coming. He's leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My lover is like a swift gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he is behind the wall, looking through the window, peering into the room. 
My lover said to me, Rise up, my darling, come away with me, my fair one. Look, the winter is past, and the rains are over and gone. The flowers are springing up, the season of singing birds has come, and the cooing of turtle doves fills the air. The fig trees are forming young fruit, and the fragrant grapevines are blossoming. Rise up, my darling, come away with me, my fair one. My dove is hiding behind the rocks, behind an outcrop on the cliff. Let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is pleasant and your face is lovely. Catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grapevines are blossoming. My lover is mine and I am his. He browses among the lilies. Before the dawn breezes blow and the night shadows flee, return to me, my love, like a gazelle or a young stag on the rugged mountains. One night, as I lay in bed, I yearned for my lover. I yearned for him, but he did not come. So I said to myself, I will get up and roam the city, searching in all its streets and squares. I will search for the one I love. So I searched everywhere, but I did not find him. The watchmen stopped me as they made their rounds, and I asked, Have you seen the one I love? Then scarcely had I left him when I found my love. I caught and held him tightly. Then I brought him to my mother's house and to my mother's bed where I had been conceived. Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and wild deer, not to awaken love until the time is right. Who is this sweeping in from the wilderness like a cloud of smoke? Who is it fragrant with myrrh and frankincense and every kind of spice? Look, it is Solomon's carriage, surrounded by sixty heroic men, the best of Israel's soldiers. They are all skilled swordsmen, experienced warriors. Each wears a sword on his thigh, ready to defend the king against an attack at night. King Solomon's carriage is built of wood imported from Lebanon. Its posts are silver, its canopy gold, its cushions are purple. It was decorated with love by the young women of Jerusalem. Come out to see King Solomon, young women of Jerusalem. He wears the crown his mother gave him on his wedding day, his most joyous day. You're beautiful, my darling, beautiful beyond words. Your eyes are like doves behind your veil. Your hair falls in waves like a flock of goats winding down the slopes of Gilead. Your teeth are as white as sheep. Recently shorn and freshly washed. Your smile is flawless, each tooth matched with its twin. Your lips are like a scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is inviting. Your cheeks are like rosy pomegranates behind your veil. Your neck is as beautiful as the Tower of David, jeweled with the shields of a thousand heroes. Your breasts are like two fawns, twin fawns of a gazelle, grazing among the lilies. Before the dawn breezes blow and the night shadows flee, I will hurry to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of frankincense. You are altogether beautiful, my darling, beautiful in every way. Come with me from Lebanon, my, my bride. Come with me from Lebanon. Come down from Mount Amana, from the peaks of Sinir and Hermon, mm. where the lions have their dens and leopards live among the hills. You've captured my heart, my treasure, my bride. You hold it hostage with one glance of your eyes. With a single jewel of your necklace, your love delights me and my treasure, my bride, my treasure, my bride. Your love is better than wine, your perfume more fragrant than spices. Your lips are sweet as nectar, my bride. Honey and milk are under your tongue. Your clothes are scented like the cedars of Lebanon. You are my private garden, my treasure, my bride, a secluded spring, a hidden fountain. Your thighs shelter a paradise of pomegranates with rare spices, henna with nard, nard and saffron. Fragrant calamus and cinnamon, with all the trees of frankincense, myrrh, and aloes, and every other lovely spice, you are a garden, a well of fresh water streaming down from Lebanon's mountains. Awake, north wind, rise up, 
South wind, blow on my garden and spread its fragrance all around. Come into your garden, my love. Taste its finest fruits. And that is our reading today. And as we read that, we had two questions in mind. Those questions are, what's this telling us about God? And what's this telling us about ourselves? So, Chip, Mm -hmm. what's this tell us about God? God values loyal love Mm. between a husband and a wife. And make sure you wait until the time is right. Yep. Do not awaken love until the right time. That's what I was saying. God values loyal love. He loves Mm -hmm. it. It's his idea. Yep. Like this is a this is a romance. Yes. You know, this is a passionate romance between two lovers in a marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's amazing. It's cool. We shouldn't shy away from it. You know, definitely read it. Allow it to excite you. I mean, you gotta change the verbiage a little bit, you know. No. Um, no, okay. I disagree completely. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I would change I wouldn't call my wife a flock of goats. Okay, well, let, to each their own, Chip. <laughs> okay, that's fine, Eric. Yeah. Let me know Have how that works. Have you ever seen the goats run down Mount Gilead? <laughs> Not recently. It's very beautiful. Okay. I'm it reminds sure. me of Hannah every time. Sure. Oh, gross. <laughs> okay, well, that's interesting, Eric. Wow. Yeah. Well, anyway, but this is great stuff. You know, allow it to inspire you and strengthen you. God loves loyal love. Romance in a, in a marriage relationship. Um, women love it. Um, men don't do enough of it. Um, but we should and uh, look for opportunities to bring romance, uh, loyal love at the right time in the marriage relationship because God values it and just uh, just be creative with it. You know, just allow your love for your spouse to really captivate your thinking, you know, what you say, what you do, how you act, how you respond and just always want to be, I shared this recently, I forget where. I might have been in church. I'm not sure. But, like, I always want to be blamed for being a newlywed. You know, you hear that. You've heard that. And, you know, it, it, people stop saying it because you stop acting like it. And I, but I don't want to. I don't want to stop. And I always want to be blamed for that, you know, because that just continues on and on. And I think of my parents. They're that way now. And they have always been that way. You know, you just thought they just got married. It's crazy. Uh, but it's it's awesome, mm. and I think that is playing out the scripture here today. They they um, definitely live this out because God values loyal love. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I was going to say something very similar because I was you know twice you know promised not to awaken love until the time is right. True. You know, and I was thinking about that, and you know what kind of love they're talking about. Obviously, they're talking about sex. I mean, like that's what this whole book is about is is it's one of the wisdom books in scripture which you know if you imply if you apply that fact that it's a wisdom book and it's about sex that god expects us to be wise when it comes to sex and i think one of the wisest things that's said here is not to awaken it until the time is right in other words wait until you're in the right spot wait until you're with the right person and that you're in the right covenant to um have sex and you know, you said it, Chip, God invented this and God designed us and all the physiological things that I won't go into are things God made. You know, he equipped us with all of those things, which are awesome, True. but he expects us to use them in the correct way. So what this tells me about us is that we need wisdom when it comes to sex. Yeah. And one of the wisest things is don't awaken love until the time is right. And do you know why that is? Why, Chip? You do. So... Uh, because sex within a marriage relationship was not meant to stop. Right. Only a time for fasting and prayer that right. you guys decide together, but it was not meant to stop. It's, it's to be often, 
you know, and enjoyed within the marriage relationship um, for uh, intimacy, but also child you know, bearing, you know, raising kids and stuff like that, um, having kids. So it wasn't meant to stop. So if you start it now before you're supposed to start it, mm -hmm. you know, it just perpetuates this division between you and God because you're outside of his will when to do that. So, um, so yeah, I would just say, uh, you know, I would agree with you, Eric, on this and just don't awaken it. Um, and I tell people sometimes when they're in this, you, you almost have to set up some strict legalistic boundaries on that for some people that struggle with it right you know uh, i've had that advice given to me way back in the day when it was a struggle and it was good i mean you just almost got to protect yourself your eyes your 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 locations who you're with when you're with them where where you at you know and it could seem legalistic but you're not using it for salvation it's just like and you're I, not saying other people have to do it no so it's not legalistic. i do yeah it's yeah, your I'm structure it's your discipline it on yeah. you but i had to raise up some pretty strict things that got me through some challenging times it was yeah. great so for certain anyway good stuff cool well this is the real nail biting two-part episode it really is Eric. you know it really is. so we will be back tomorrow with chip and eric after dark yes i had to say it <laughs> I've been really trying, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's get it.